Well, good evening everyone. Uh, do you hear me? Am I heard? Being heard? Thank you so much. Uh, Ray and Mary, Ellen and Eileen, Glenn and Michelle, Jim and Laurie, Tom and Karen. Thank you for being with me tonight. And uh, we will continue uh, continue our class and today before Rosh Hashanah uh, we will focus on themes that uh, relate to Rosh Hashanah but actually everything we learn so far relates exactly to the story of Rosh Hashanah if you if you open the uh, if you open the, the, the prayer book on Rosh Hashanah you see that actually the classical theme of the holiday is uh, our, our three or four uh, repentance, which is the blowing of the of the horn, shofar, kingship. So the whole segment of the prayer is a, is called kingship, and. Um, the end idolatry, the end of idolatry. And of course judgment. So judgment or it, they call it remembrance. Remembrance actually is a, it's the it's the judgment horns is a, is to uh, to, to to cause you to repent and kingship to enthrone him and to and to the prayer for the end of idolatry. These are the major theme of the holiday. Of course this is the headline. And we, today we like to focus on a two on a, on a kingship and idolatry. Uh, please uh, stop, you know, you may send me email if, during the class if uh, if you want to to me to elaborate on one or two points. Uh, so let's t talk a, a little bit about uh, kingship and idolatry. Uh, over, over the last, uh, I'll go over thing, things that we learned so far, we learned a lot of things. If you remember, so here is a list of some of the names we already covered. Uh, and I put it the name as, as they actually come in the story of Genesis. So we. Name number one of the of the creator is the infinite nameless entity beyond our our, our, our conception. So uh, the, uh, uh, the the everybody understand that all these all these names that we give to Hashem are only attributes. Uh, as he sit uh, on that throne or on that uh, throne, as he move around and do as he reveal himself to our to our world. He assumed different name according to what he did, what he does, and that's what the Talmud says. So if he if he comes, if he appears in different name, it's just like sitting on different thrones. But in reality, it's beyond our conception. We cannot even yes, there is no name that can contain or even describe him in reality. And number two, I put here, we know him as a well. Still, he, he know, we 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 have to relate to him in some way. So the the basic name is our Creator. Number two. 
But we know from the story of Genesis that he's not only the creator, but he, he created us in specific way. He's an attribute of judgment, Elohim. And we know that uh, uh, that's the difference between the Noach and the rest of the world. The Noach know that it's not God that created the world. But it was Elohim. Uh, because if you say God has created the world, so there is no really asking why. You don't know. But if you say Elohim created the world, the judge, then you know he, he created the world for judgment. We discuss it. So we discuss the, the name of, uh, of the specific name or, or that the Creator assumed when he uh, created the world. This is a specific throne that he used. And remember, Rosh Hashanah is a birthday of, of creation. Actually, it's the birthday of Adam creation, the sixth day story. So, uh, the, on Sunday, last, this Sunday, it was the creation of the world. Whereas on, Sabbath, on the Sabbath, it was a, a birthday of Adam creation. That's the difference. Anyhow, the, we know him as a, 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 the creator who is assuming the name of Elohim. And then we, number, we, we go to number four. We already know him now as the name of the merciful attribute who came along from the Sabbath, from the future, from the world around our world. And they joined together to make Adam. And then Adam called and turned around. And they called them, the two cherubs flying together. In number five, he called him the king, Hashem Elohim the king. This is a story of, of chapter two, story of, 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 uh, of Eden. They never again appear in the whole Torah as a couple side by side like that. And uh, then we, we, we discuss number six, uh, the, another title, uh, which is called Our Father in Heaven. You know, we have a father and mother in heaven, so to speak. In short, we don't, we, don't, we, we call our father, our father in Heaven because uh, Hashem Elohim is actually one, so there is no, you don't have to specify mother and father, you just say our father in, in heaven, it uh, contains all, all, the, all the, uh, the mother too. And, and uh, so we know that they, uh, when they got together, they, uh, they gave birth to say, they created Adam. If you, if you wish, Eden was like the, the womb. Where Adam, uh, before Adam was, uh, was uh, came out to, to this world. This is a heavenly womb, Eden. We'll talk about it in more detail when we will arrive, uh, when we'll uh, discuss uh, uh, the story of Eden. And now we come to, to the name, uh, uh, name uh, number seven. Uh, which I leave it in open. I leave it. There. I don't, we never discussed that seven name. It's a very important name. Abraham gave it, so we'll leave it for our. For we, we'll study about Abraham. So if we look at the list of all the names that we discussed so far, you see that it's decreasing. It's decreasing in aloofness. The the, the infinite above. The number one is very aloof name. Uh, it's remote. This is a philosophical 
uh, that all the there is no philosopher in the world that didn't recognize the, the existence of some kind of remote reaction uh, uh, God or the creator that created the world somehow uh, but, but but they all debated on the rest of the name if he's really a judge or if he is really a merciful one or the attribute this or he, does he care a king means that he care about is that he intervened with our affair. So that part they debated, but number one, the infinite, the aloofness, the aloof God, even the Greek, the pagan understood that. Uh, but uh, then from, from, then the, from the, the, the most remote title is number one. The closest one is number six here, our Father in Heaven. Number five is more remote, the King is more remote than the Father. And, uh, and the judge is more remote than, or more, more aloof than the, the merciful one who dwell in my heart, and so on. So this is a decreasing number, decreasing closing, increasing closeness. So as we go, as the, this is a rule of the thumb in the entire Torah, that as we go in a story of the Torah, we will, we will, he will come closer and closer to us. The closest he ever got to us was on Sinai to humankind. Uh, where he assumed in the last the, the, the name that Moses uh, that, uh, he talked to Moses, uh, but uh, on the Ten Commandments. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the, so the, the, but so initially it was very remote, and then slowly, slowly his name got closer and closer to us, and we are closer and closer to him. Uh, and uh, we also talk about uh, so far, so we learned a lot of names already, and we also mentioned uh, that the name actually represents three phases in the world history. The phase number one is a phase uh, under Elohim, who ruled the world for six days awesomely alone consulting uh, nobody else, and he's, he was like a tyrant. So the, the sixth day was the, the first phase is Elohim, the second phase is the sixth day, when the two cherubs got together and created Adam. So number two, this is the second phase that we live in, in, in it, our time, when the attribute consult each other, uh, this is a where uh, and give give uh, uh, and, and and respect each other with love as opposed to to live to be each one dwelling alone. So this is number two, and we are moving to to number three, which is a, a, the Sabbath, when Hashem Yud Hey will rule the Sabbath and and he will rest and Elohim will rest. So there are three three historical periods. Uh, under guidance or under the ruling of, of three different names, Elohim in the past, Hashem Elohim is now, and Hashem One is in the future. Again, we are talking to about the the the, the Rosh Hashanah holiday coming. So I read it again, so, so the name represents stages in history. We live on the sixth day under Hashem Elohim's 
uh, kingship and we are moving towards the Shem soul kingdom the kingdom of mercy uh, which is uh, the Sabbath we are moving towards there and it's all depend on us we need to to win our trial we need to win our trial and make the world very good in order to enter that kingdom of heaven of the Sabbath and also I'm, I'm, I'm want to remind you that last time we also make the important distinction between the concept of oneness and the concept of kingship you see we learned a lot in, in, in our classes so far so the, what is the concept of oneness? People sometimes um, uh, kind of mix them together. Uh, when, what is the concept of oneness? We discussed it last time. When each attribute rules alone, its power is revealed very purely and vigorously uh, because it rules alone. It doesn't consider anyone else. And yet, so Hashem can, Hashem can rule alone on the Sabbath, and Elohim can rule alone on the sixth day, and each one of them, or those when they rule alone, uh, they, they show up, they, they, they reveal their power very majestically and pure, in a pure fashion. And yet, despite their enormous difference, because mercy and absolute justice are completely opposing each other, and yet, uh, despite each each one, uh, despite the fact that each attribute is is the sole attribute, has nothing to do with the other, so to speak, so remote from each other, each reflect the same one Creator. So the oneness means that uh, despite the enormous differences of each attribute alone, uh, they are one. They are diff they are faces of one Creator. Uh, Moses says. Hashem is Elohim. So he meant that although they look, each, each attribute can be alone, but, but they, are, they, they are the same. Somewhere in the infinite they meet, which is beyond our conception. We cannot put, in our human mind, we cannot put together absolute justice and absolute uh, mercy. Tooth for a tooth and absolute justice. And Mercy said, forgive him, or send him free, consider his past, and so on. Well, so, so they, they, if each one standing alone cannot, can, cannot get together, but we, but we, our task is to, 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 to make them one and to say, oh, it's monetary compensation, which appeal to the two sides. Now, the area, the area we say that each attribute rules alone, is called chaos. So the chaos is the world where each attribute rule alone. For instance, when the Sabbath, when, when the Sabbath in Hashem is rule, uh, rules over the Sabbath in the future, that's, that's, a, that's in a sense, it reveals itself, uh, and it's a kind of, it, it, you can, it's not chaotic because Elohim is there, but he's resting. Now we said that when each attribute relinquishes, re relinquish its sole power and consult with another attribute, thereby surrendering its power to each other, a new reality occurs 
which Aram call the attributes kinship. Why are you calling kinship? Because in Hebrew to consult means to enthrone. So that's unique to the Hebrew that to, it happens that nimlach to consult is to, to, to cons is also to be enthroned. So that's why kingship in Chabad, for instance, when we talk about Rosh Hashanah, kingship of Rosh Hashanah, I told you that the theme of Rosh Hashanah is kingship and idolatry and shofar and repentance. So when they talk about the kingship, so they, they always talk about the consultation in terms of nimlach, which is a, the discussion, the attribute, getting together and, and relinquishing, surrendering the power to each other in order to, to, to allow our world to, to exist. Now, this uh, idea that we spoke so far represented in the Shema. The Shema, as you know, the cry of Judaism, and the Shema says, Hear of Israel, hear Israel, Hashem Elohim, is Hashem, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is one. So there are two lines here. Hashem is our, our Elohim, the line number one. Hashem is one, number two. This is what Moses says, said in Deuteronomy. That's the Shema. So each morning I, when I, I stand up and I accept on myself uh, the yoke of kingship and, and I say the Shema. I put my hand on my eyes and I say, I recite in, 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 in very much concentration of the mind and I recite the Shema. And what I'm saying, after I say, after, after I say these two lines, I, I, I immediately add, bless is the glory of his kingship forever and ever. So I immediately declare that what I just said is kingship. So that's why the Shema is called the acceptance of the yoke of the heavenly kingship. So the, immediately I declare that what I just said is not a philosophical thing, it's, it's a kingship. So what is kingship? Uh, line one is uh, Hashem is Elohim, is, is our, 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 our uh, time when we, we, are, we live, uh, we live uh, under the rule of both of them and, and they are one. So the oneness and kingship come together here. And line number two, Hashem is one, uh, it relates to the future kingship. So, so and, and I, I don't mention here the kingship of the past when Elohim ruled alone. Now, uh, as, a, as a touch, just to show you a few examples, that on Rosh Hashanah we really refer in our prayer book to all these all these titles that we just mentioned to you. They're all part of our prayer. For instance, after we blow the shofar, uh, we say the, the, the following prayer. Today, I, I just made the headline of the prayer. Today, we say, is the birthday of the world. On this day, it calls all the created beings of the world to stand in judgment. So this is what we, we say after the blowing of the shofar. This is the birthday of the world. Actually, we mean the birthday of Adam, but we celebrate the, the whole world with Adam. Uh, and we say that on this day, call all, all the creature being uh, 
to stand before him. As if you remember, on on the sixth day there was a comprehensive, t very harsh trial that he he lifted up his sword in the second, just before he made Adam, and he was either uh, going to annihilate the world, or he would love him with his bride, Kala Kala. Kala is a bride, and Kala is a annihilation, consumption, this this rage. So this is a lot what we, we after blowing the shofar we said this is this is today the anniversary of an event and today again all the future of the world are passing before you uh, before the throne. Now uh, I just put here the headline of another prayer, uh, which is an awesome prayer. We we uh, we stand the entire congregation stand up and they read. Let us proclaim the mighty holiness of this day. For it is always inspiring, fearsome, uh, and uh, I read it for you. I didn't have time to to put the whole thing there on the internet. Uh, you sit on a throne. You sit on a throne, and all the creatures of the world pass before you, and you judge uh, your, you, like sheep, like sheep before the shepherd, and you judge them. You determine their fate. Everything we, we mentioned before. This is the the. Uh, the, the prayer to, to, to the Elohim, the judgment. And then another, as we stand in Amida, when we stand in, in, in a big prayer, the whole congregation stand up and recite the, the Amida prayer in standing up. So we refer to two kingship there. We said, And so Hashem Elohim instill your fear, or fear of you upon all that you have made, and dread of you uh, upon all that you have created. So here we pray to Hashem to instill fear of fear. So actually, we, as a as a Vilna sage uh, who lived 200 years ago, he said uh, that this is related to our, to the king, to Elohim, uh, who, who, who actually the ruler, the tyrant, and we ask him to instill fear upon those who don't know you. So, if you want to be a tyrant, be tyrant on those who don't know you. And, and then we continue another prayer on the second king, the king, the benevolent and democratic king, uh, the king that consult each other, and we say, Our Elohim and the Elohim of our Father reign over the entire world, made everything that you have created know that you have created that you have created them and so on. It, it's a long prayer, and then the emphasis here on knowledge and uh, and, and recognizing Hashem. It's come from from the bottom up. So the first tyrant imposes rule from above down. Impose, make everybody fear of you, like Elohim. Elohim doesn't depend on your on your recognizing him. You don't have. He doesn't even wait for you to recognize in him. You, you, Elohim. Everybody fear Elohim, uh, but uh, t but the the democratic the, the uh, king will consult each other. Uh, he, uh, they, uh, the, the, the this kind of kingship depend on our election, on our understanding, on on our not recognizing them as a king. Because after all, it was Adam that recognized them as a king. Adam accepted that their kingship on him. On them, so we follow Adam, and we also have to accept him. 
And uh, so you, you see, I, I went down the list, and, and we, we, in our prayer in Rosh Hashanah, I just gave you an example how each of those titles, Elohim, Merciful One, Hashem Elohim, the Tyrant, and the Benevolent One, all play, all play a role in our prayer. And you have to have ears when you open the prayer book, and you have to have a little knowledge to understand what they are talking about. And you know, if you don't learn, if you not, you just open the book, you don't understand. It looks like beautiful word, but you don't, you don't put them in, in a certain context. And and once you have the the frame, the picture on your mind, you know what each prayer stands for. Now I'm going to the last one. Uh, we say on the bottom of the list there was another concept, which is the Father, which is the closest to us that Adam called his father and mother in Eden, you know, he recognized him as a father and mother, my father in heaven, or my mother in heaven, his short father. But then he turned around and he said, you are my king. Now, so it turned out on, on, the, day, on the day that he was born, he, cre- he called them both, my father and my king. So I said here, this is a very important part of Rosh Hashanah, we said that usually, during the year, we always pray, there are many prayers to the Father in Heaven. Or many blessings that we make on the food and so on, we pray to the King of the Universe. But only once a year, on Rosh Hashanah, on the anniversary of Adam creation, only once a year, we address the Creator in a double term, which is called our father, our king. On that day we combine the two titles that Adam proposed, expressing them in one, as in one, expressing our prayer that he would either listen to us as his children or as a servant, loyal servant. So we, when we addressed him, our, our, I can address him our, our father. But, you know, he can turn around and he say, well, you know, I'm not, you're not such a, such a good, good son. Or if I, say, if I address him as a king, uh, he can turn out, well, did you really listen to my commandment? You didn't. Uh, so if I use a two title, the rabbi guess, then I can somehow hit the mercy. I can hit his compassion, he will come down in mercy and, 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 and end, end the judgment day with mercy like it should be. So we utilize the two, the, the two, the two titles together to be more effective. I'll give you an example. A very famous moving of Rosh Hashanah that the entire congregation stand up and it's a long, it's a long, uh, it's a long uh, not long, it's like 40, men, 40 lines, and each line starts with the verse, Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. This is the only time we say it in the years, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the 10 days between that. And I give, I wrote to you how, how it goes. Our Father, our King, we have no king but you. Very important line. Our Father, our King, act benevolently with us, for the sake of your name. Our Father, our King, renew for us a new year. 
Our Father, our King, remove from us all harsh decrees. Our Father, our King, bring us back to you in wholehearted repentance. And so on. There is many, many lines. All of them start with the Father, our King. How did we, who wrote those, those, those uh, prayers and where did they come about? The Talmud said that they were composed by Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva uh, was, uh, you know, the head of Sanhedrin. Uh, there was a, a drought that devastated the land. Uh, the sages prayed and uh, there was no, nothing happened, there was no rain. But Rabbi Akiva came to, was the head of Sanhedrin, was a sage, actually he was crucified later on by Rome, or put on a pole by Rome, and had a dreadful death, where, where all the Romans came around him and, and, and they make mockery of him, saying he's the king of the Jews, because this was a false messiah, he believed in the false messiah. Anyhow, Rabbi Akiva is, a, is, a, is an important sage, and we follow Rabbi Akiva to everything he said, we follow him. So, uh, apart from that Messiah, when I mean, he believed in, in that Messiah, that he died actually for him, uh, we don't believe in that Messiah at all. And, but beside that, we believe everything he said. And Rabbi Akiva, when, when there was a drought, he, he, he banged on the table, he said there, and he said, Go, our father, our king, he tried to pray. And rain came pouring down right away. So this was a sign from heaven that the name our father and king uh, are really very effective. Um, so our father Owa I'm sorry I probably lost you again. I don't know why from the internet. I put maybe a person some do you hear me? Do you hear me? You hear me now? Okay, okay. So let's continue. So we're talking about our father, our king, which is uniting the two titles together. Now, this title, uh, Our Father in Heaven, uh, this is a very historical, uh, an historical note here. Because in the, in the Second Temple time, you know, each time in the Jewish history there was another, another name, another uh, theory, or another face, another Another side of uh, Judaism was more popular than the other, or more prevalent, to, to more meaningful to their time. So uh, somehow in the second century, even before the destruction, many times before the destruction of the temple, uh, those, it was very popular to address Hashem as a, as a father. It was very popular, I don't know why, but this is, you can actually identify identify many of the prayers that were coined at that time by the fact that either were written by our Father in name in heaven or especially if it says our Father the King. Uh, I mentioned I think last time that uh, or, or maybe not uh, when they uh, give you an example when Josephus Plavius 
the general, uh, uh, the, the Galilean general that uh, actually fought against Rome in the time of the destruction. When he was uh, hiding in the cave uh, from the Roman uh, soldiers, so he writes there in his book, in a, Josephus Plavius, in the history of the Jewish war, he writes how he prayed in, in the cave. And you see it, how he writes it. He says, My father in heaven, uh, please uh, don't let me fall in the hand as of my enemy, so he will torture me. So here is a praying to his father in heaven. You know, he didn't say, my, my Hashem, he didn't say, uh, uh, my creator, he didn't say, my king, he says, my father. So this, this uh, uh, form of addressing Hashem as a, as a father was very popular at that time. Even Rabbi Akiva just combined the father with the king, made, made, made it more effective. And uh, you can imagine that uh, when, uh, when Pompeius, uh, as Josephus writes, Pompeius conquered Jerusalem, like uh, uh, in year 150 or so, or about 100 years before, before the destruction. So when the Roman soldier conquered Jerusalem, they crucified the 3,000 Jews. Uh, the, all the road from, 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 uh, from uh, Jerusalem to Jaffa, uh, all the road was covered with, cro with crosses. Uh, and you can imagine that those, how many Jews uh, were, were praying there to the Father in heaven on the cross, uh, and so forth. Now here is another, another, another prayer uh, from that time. Our Father, our King, remember your compassion. Compassion is of course a part of mercy, that part of the kingship, and suppress your wrath. And um, and eradicate. Uh, pestilence, sword, famine, captivity, destruction, equity, plague, and evil occurrence, and every uh, every disease and mishap. So, our Father, our King. This is a very famous prayer that we use the uh, the uh, the regular daily prayer between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We never say it again during the year. Only our Father and King is Rosh Hashanah. By the way, this custom to, of the Jewish people to, to address Hashem and Rosh Hashanah as our King caused a lot of the trouble at the time of the Roman, the Roman made interpretation that this is a rebellion. Josephus Plavis described how many times the Roman uh, besieged and actually uh, stormed the, the, the courts and with the massacres of thousands were killed just because they were prayer to the king. They were supposed to call to pray to the Caesar. Caesar was a king, or Augustus was the son of God. This was official title. So, so instead of instead of the praying to him, they prayed to their king, and that's rebellions against against Rome, and that caused a lot of bloodshed in Jerusalem. Josephus Flavius writes. Now, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, how so Hashem, Hashem created us Hashem, uh, we talk about the kingship of Hashem but when Hashem created Adam on, on, on earth, we put him on Eve on uh, Eden 
he wanted him to become a, a, or he, when he put us on earth he blessed us and say be, be fruitful and multiply and rule the world so he wanted us to become to become a king of the of, to become also king so how should Adam uh, Adam rule the world so to understand that how should Adam be a king now we have now three models we have three models that Adam can, 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 can imitate he can be a tyrant like Elohim he can be a benevolent benevolent king like 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 uh, like uh, uh, like uh, Hashem Elohim and be very democratic king like Hashem. Hashem is so democratic that he uh, uh, that he pull your your heart every day. The moment you reject him, he just fly away from you. Whereas Elohim doesn't pull you along at all. He is imposing on you. And uh, and uh, Hashem Elohim is somewhere in between the kingship. So which model should Adam take? What kind of rule Adam Adam should uh, should conduct himself on, on in, to rule himself and to rule the world? What kind of a uh, government he should impose on himself and on on the rest of the world? Which model should it should it take? So, in order to understand that, Rashi actually brings. We go back to the to the to the verse. Let us make Adam in our form and our image. And uh, and the story is as as the midrash says and uh, Rashi bring it. So as uh, Hashem said, when Hashem was just before before making Adam in chapter one, he turned to the angel and he said, the, the angel was totally surprised when he did it, and he said, my angels, let us make man in our form in our image. Would you would you approve that? Would you like it? So the angels they were surprised from the very question, but then they start to object it, Adam. So uh, the first angel they spoke was uh, Raphael. He says, "Do not make Adam; he will inflict misery and spread disease." Uh, angel Raphael said, because angel uh, Raphael. Is uh, mean uh, my, my Hashem is my healer. Uh, so he was concerned about uh, Adam spreading disease and misery. He said, "Don't make it." So Hashem turned to the angel Gabriel, and Hashem Gabriel, uh, angel Gabriel says, "Do not make him; he will wage wars." Because angel Gabriel is a, is in charge of the uh, sword. Uh, Gabriel in Hebrew means uh, Hashem is my, my might and so on and he turned to another angel and the other, other angel says uh, 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 who is that one here? the angel of truth, Uriel so Uriel also said don't make him because uh, he will lie now the angel Uriel dwell on the head of, uh, of Hashem so to speak truth and, uh, and they all got together and said do not make him he would become very very arrogant don't make him but angel Michael who stood on the right of Elohim 
I'm quoting here the Midrash. They agree and said, well, my Creator, make Adam because uh, he will pray to you. He will look up to you. Michael, being in Hebrew, uh, Michael, uh, how, how great are you? Which means it's a form of prayer. And, uh, oh gosh, I don't know why. Okay, are you with me again? Okay, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm pressing on something that caused the internet to stop. We are talking about the consultation, consultation with the angels. So they all objected. Angel Gabriel, Angel Gabriel objected, Raphael objected. Michael said, no, make him because he will pray for you. Uh, the angel on, on, on charity said, no, you make him because he will, he, will, uh, he will give you a lot of charity. And kindness says, yeah, make him because he will be kind, he will be kind heart. So finally, after all the, the debated back and forth, but then Elohim turned to them and said, well, my angel, I appreciate your advice, but let, uh, let, uh, you should know that I already made up, made up my mind and I'm going to make him. So, so in that case, they they, they became they, they they kind of they were uh, they asking in that case, if you already made up your mind, why bother asking us at all? Aren't we your faithful messenger? We have no idea of our own. Why should you really bother asking us, consulting us? So here Hashem, Hashem Elohim answered to the angel a famous answer that should be engraved, engraved in, the, in, the, in, the, in the United Nations. He said, I, asked, I, I, I uh, consulted you, nevertheless, the Creator answered, to teach Adam modesty, to show him how, that, how to rule how to rule over the world or over himself. I want to give an example how the superior, this is the language of Rashi, how the superior should consult the inferior. So this was the whole purpose according to Rashi of this consultation of the angel because the angel after all they have no, no idea of their own. And uh, by the way, if anyone uh, 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 pray uh, pray to to angel, it's a, it's idolatry. You don't ever pray to an angel because the angel are just messengers. So Hashem turned to his own messenger, who is like a puppet, and he asked them what's their opinion. And they object. They don't object. They support the idea. But then the whole idea they ask him, why do you ask us at all? Why? Why is why it's so important for your opinion? He says, no. I ask you for the sake of the asking. I want to show Adam how to rule. That the superior should should actually should consult the inferior to teach him modesty. So here, right here, in that famous uh, uh, Rashi's, uh, statement that Rashi brings, you have the notion that Elohim already is showing Adam uh, which way to go. If you, you have three options. You can be a tyrant, 
or you can be a benevolent uh, democratic kingship that, that asked and consult his own subject like I did the, my, my angels and only if you do and, and, and only one, one of those ways will bring you to, to the Sabbath to make me very happy because the goal is to make Hashem to feel very good so Hashem, Elohim says uh, if you follow if you follow tyranny you will end like you will you will destroy the world after all I did it when I was a tyrant when I ruled the, uh, the world like a tyrant I almost destroyed the world only when I became a, a king who consult when I consulted mercy then I allow the world to exist so you have the you if you want you have two ways you can be a tyrant you can be successful for a long time you can be good but you will never you'll never be very good on the other hand you can be democratic listen to the subject that you rule over and then make the decree if you choose that that route you will be successful and enrich the Sabbath that's amazing that's amazing message of Judaism about the, the way of the rule is given to us here in a form of, of a religious religious belief uh, I wanted to, to pay attention to what we are talking here we are talking about Rosh Hashanah a religious a religious holiday that is uh, that is come from Noah's time from Abraham time from from Moses time from all the sages knew that it comes this it's it's the essence of the Torah and that's what and imagine we are we are talking here before we sitting here before Rosh Hashanah and talking about what what is the best form of of the of that man should conduct himself should he should he should he create an efficient tyranny or he should create like not an efficient not so much efficient but very good a democratic world which way you should go and here the message of Judaism is clear and cut it's, it's, it's a religious obligation so to speak to become a democratic government by the way don't mix you know people mix I always hear people saying David the Lord is the king of Israel and so on and I always kind of think to myself they don't, the king of Israel the concept of king of Israel is not the king of Rome is not Constantine. Uh, the, 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 the king of Israel is, a, is the Torah describing you should appoint on you a king. The king is a demo, is the choice the cho- is, is coming from the, from, from the, the only the people uh, 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 appoint him as a king. Take David. David was anointed for many years. He was just anointed person, but he would never assume kingship. He never became a king of Israel until the, king, the people of Israel elected him. So the fact that he was anointed by the, by the, by the prophet Samuel didn't make him a king of Israel. The Israel has to, 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 to elect him. Because the Torah says a, a, a person cannot come to you and impose himself and say I'm your king. By definition, if, you're king, you, if you do that, you are a tyrant. You have to win the heart of Israel to become your your king, and that's the basic. That's a, that's that's the truth of the Torah that was lost, completely lost, in in Rome and, and Greek when when they thought that they learned the the read the Torah. They don't. So kingship in Judaism is a 
is a sort of democratic, but it's not totally democratic, because totally democratic is a shame rule, in the Sabbath rule. When a shame rules, when a merciful one rules, she's so sensitive to your heart, she, she, the moment you reject her, uh, she flies away. She, sh- she is modest, so modest, so, so, the, but sh- so sh- uh, shy, uh, so shy, so she will simply fly away. But the moment she flies away from your heart, you become very sorrowful and you beg her to come back and rule over you. So that kind of, that kind of extremely ultra-democratic kingship of Hashem, of the merciful one, it's almost inhuman. And as long as we live in our world like today, the Torah doesn't ask you to establish that kind of government. That will be so sensitive to the poll that uh, every time you, you, the poll is a majority saying, no, the guy don't like the government, he falls and he runs away. No, it doesn't work like that. In our world, it has to be a combination of Elohim and, and Hashem. But we know where we are going. We are going to ultra-democratic government. So ne- now, that's important message, basic message of Judaism come to us in Rosh Hashanah. And it's tied together with, with another... We, we, we can speak about it a lot, and we will speak about it when we, we learn about justice, which is number five, or of uh, of Noahite laws, we talk about it just what is justice and the system of Noahite justice and kingship. We'll talk about it, but here I'm just kind of trying to talk about Rosh Hashanah kingship. We enthrone him, uh, and I didn't I didn't exhaust it the the, the 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 topic. I just kind of scratched the surface of it, and now but now I want to move on with the next ten minutes to the third to the third op- option, or the third topic of, of the third topic of, of uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is uh, very tied to, to kingship, and that's called idolatry. And what is idolatry? Now, in order to understand what idolatry is, this is the time to understand once for all what is idolatry is. Because we go to the basics. Now, the basic, the source of that is again the, the, the same story of the angels. So what did, what, in fact, what did, the, what did the Hashem says uh, to the angel? Uh, if you look at Rashi, Hashem, and Hashem answered the angel, he actually answered him, and the answer was a little more complex than I presented you earlier. He said, when they asked him, why do you ask us, why do you consult with us, after all, we are your messenger, why do you ask our opinion? He said, I want to, to, to teach Adam modesty and how to rule. The superior uh, will, 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 will consult the inferior. So, so I, that's the message of the consulting the, the, the angels. But there is, Rashi says on, and, and Rashi says then, Ed, from here the rabbis learn that that uh, 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 modesty is more important than uh, idolatry. Because uh, Elohim spoke in plural, he said, let us make men in our form, in our message. So when he said in plural, people will think there is more than one creator. So he spoke in plural, he risked, that, he, risked he, he was allowing himself that people would risk idolatry in order to teach us modesty. So Rabbi says modesty is more important than idolatry. But here we come 
we stumble upon the very basic notion of idolatry is. What is idolatry? The basic number one, there are many definitions of idolatry, but idolatry is the most primordial, accurate definition of idolatry is whenever, whenever a person believes in more than one creator, this is, this is idolatry. So believing in more than one creator is idolatry. Let me, of course, if, if I believe that the tree is my creator, or my, or my, or the, 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 uh, the, uh, the status that I erected is my creator, of course this is foolishness. Uh, that's, that's, that's sort of foolishness we don't talk about here. Uh, I'm not talking about believing in other creator. I'm talking in believing in, 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 in entities in addition to the creator, which is called partnership. So even, of course, idolatry is, is believing in other, in other foolishness. That's certainly idolatry, but the Torah in this level doesn't even relate to those foolishness. The Torah here talks about let us make men in our forms that this is a source of, can be a source of the idolatry because people can take it to believe that there are other, other, other entities help to create, and they help to create us, so they deserve also some respect. So that it's called partnership. So partnership with Elohim is considered sheer idolatry. Why do I say that? Why, why I bring it here? Of course, it's very promoted. That's, that's definition number one of Elohim, of idolatry in the Torah. Uh, but that notion is particularly relevant to Bnei Noach. Because uh, it is said that uh, somehow people write that Bnei, Bnei Noach are not worn on, on oneness. And they, are, and they cannot be tolerated if they believe in more than one God. It says people fight like that. Uh, for instance, they bring, they bring as an example, they bring here, I, I put here an example, the Sodomite, the king of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, who, who meet Abraham in Genesis there, and he bless him, he says, bless Abraham to the supreme God, to the supreme hell, who owns the heaven and earth. So supreme, and he says supreme hell, it means that I'm other God, the king of Sodom, believe in Elohim, but he believed also in other God. And Abraham actually ate with him, is very happy with him. So from here people derive the notion that, yeah, a Sodomite king, or if Sodomite king, then uh, of course other kosher Nenoch also can, can they are not particular, the Torah is not particular about them to believe in, 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 in one God only, like in the pure, pureness of oneness as we talk about here. That uh, uh, the purity of one is that uh, the Torah doesn't relate ask from the Noah to believe in it. It comes from 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 that story. But the truth is that that's what, what that if you read carefully the Alacha, the Alacha actually says that the Noah are not punishable by that. If they if they believe in partnership, they are not liable for that. 
the way the Jews lied, that, that, that Abraham, the children of Abraham did, Abraham himself was at that time only child of Noah. So he was not punishable for that. But when Moses, after, after Moses gave the Torah to the Jews, we are becoming more, we are punishable if we believe in punishing. But certainly, uh, it's part of the belief system of Noah to, uh, to follow Adam and to follow Eve and to follow Noah and to follow his wife Nama and to follow all the sages in the world that the Torah described and also and so on and to understand, believe in oneness in, in oneness with no partnership that's the way you should teach if somebody make an error and, 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 and believe in partnership well he's not punishable for that as, as a Jew would be because the children of Israel are kingdom of priesthood so their requirement, Hashem demands from them a little more purity but certainly the teaching, the official teaching of Nenor should be no partnership, oneness, pure partnership and to understand the, the, the oneness and the kingship, all these different names and so on now we talk about, with, uh, I'm talking about idolatry and uh, we say that uh, uh, you see here that idolatry is tied together with kingship. It came down to earth with the, with the, with the angels talking. Uh, so he it, it talked to the angel, he consulted the angel to teach us kingship and to teach us and to warn us about idolatry. And that has a, that's, that, that's, not a, that's not incidental because Kingship, kingship is really so. Idolatry has a facet of kingship. What does it mean? It means idolatry has another, another, another side. The, the commander of idolatry means if I treat any other entity with respect and with honor, with dedication, as I treat you, Hashem, I commit idolatry. Again, if I if I if I relate myself, if I accept the kingship of any other other entity, movement, social movement, idea, anything on my life beside you, Hashem, as my king, I commit idolatry. If I'm fascinating by anything beside you, I'm I commit idolatry. I, I have to, if I listen to any government the way I listen to you, I commit idolatry. If I'm, the, you are the most charming, you are the most beloved, you are, you are, you are my, my idol, you are my real idol. Idol I mean the one that I love, that I follow, that I share, that, that I, 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 and I don't let, I, I don't let any other idea overcome me. If I commit myself to science, to medicine, to my business, to, to anything, to my country, or to, to, the, to my government, if I, if I relate to them the way I should relate to you, I, I commit idolatry. So that's another, that's another very basic primordial uh, king, uh, definition of, of idolatry in Judaism. I put it here. Idolatry is believing in, in other creator beside our one creator. If there is any, if you believe in any other creator beside Elohim, it's idolatry. 
If idolatry is relating to any other entity, the way I relate to Elohim. Idolatry is accepting the authority of any other power beside, beside Elohim. Worshipping, adoring, being charmed by any other beside Elohim. And the last one I put here, and we'll talk about it one day, separating between the attributes. If, if I violate oneness, if I worship only Hashem, or only Elohim, I violate it. Oneness, I violate idolatry, and we'll talk that when we come to Enosh, and, he, and Noah and his time. This is what happened. This is what brought the, the, the uh, which brought the, 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 the flood. And, uh, uh, and what about, you ask me, what about worshipping, what about other aspects of idolatry, worshipping wood and stone? All that will come when we learn about, about uh, Enosh and the flood and the story of Noah. We'll come to those chapters. We'll dissect them and analyze and see how idolatry evolved, evolved in the world. So now it's not now. Now you understand why kingship of Hashem, kingship of Hashem in Rosh Hashanah, is is the end of idolatry. If I accept Hashem as my king, I reject all other kings. In all all the aspects, in government, in fascination, in worshiping, in my dedication. And so that's why in Rosh Hashanah is uh, is uh, is judgment, day of judgment, then day of uh, of repentance, day, uh, and day of coming to Hashem, enthroning Hashem, uh, and related to him to all asking him to rule as a tyrant over the world, as a benevolent king of the world. Let anybody recognize you, accept you voluntarily. If not, impose yourself on him. Is a tyrant. Uh, so we relate. Be our father. Be our king. And uh, and let let us see the end of idolatry and make the world very good. All right. You have, you all have a very very good Rosh Hashanah and happy New Year. Uh, before we leave, any question for me? I'll put it. I'll put it here. What is modesty? We'll talk about this. It's not now. I cannot talk about. It. We have no time to talk about that. Modesty in 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 our in what in, in our context means. You see, the, first, the each each attribute, rule alone was not modest. Modesty means relinquishing is your power. Uh, you know that there there is a, not only I. But you and you and you exist too. I need to recognize you. So the very con the very concept of kingship, when the consultation is the opposite of is the opposite of, of arrogance. Okay, that's why he, he taught them. He taught Adam modesty at that point. When he became a king, he saw himself. The first thing he wanted to show. You see, I am a king. I am a modest because I. I relinquish my power, I consult with a merciful one. And you should do the same. If you want to see mercy coming to the world. Alright, now, any, que any other question? Uh, I, I will leave it, I will try to leave everything on the... Thank you, and uh, I, I will leave it on the internet, you can read it and digest it. And I know it's full, it's a lot of material to digest, but if you read it, you'll read it again, uh, it will become part of you. 
and Ibert Hashem, where we can meet uh, next week too, uh, before Yom Kippur. Uh, after after Yom Kippur and Sukkot time, I, I, I'm planning to go with God help to to visit my daughter. So uh, I'll I'll come. We'll have a session, kind of a uh, interruption, and then we'll continue later on. Uh, you, so you all have Rosh Hashanah, good Rosh Hashanah, and uh, and if you have a chance to take a book of prayer book of Rosh Hashanah, just read it, and I'm, I'm sure that you can read it now very quick, very thought, thoughtfully, and you understand everything that they talk about. All right, have a happy new year, and see you in, in same uh, ne- next year, uh, next next year actually, next year next next week, same time. Bye.